Well, good evening, LCM. Tonight is Thursday, January 20th, 2022. Is anybody already surprised that we're into the 20th day of the year this quickly? This is an incredible time for our church. This is an incredible season. It's not, it didn't just start as the clock rung over to 2022. The Lord has been doing amazing things here in our midst. I just want to tell you, and I want to compliment our brothers who are teaching on Tuesday nights. I think these are the finest Bible studies that you will find anywhere. Anywhere. And what the Lord is doing here in this house is incredible. On, in addition to that, on Sunday, we had an amazing sermon that was given by Justin Treister and Judah Stevens called Old Provision. Turn with us to 1 John chapter 2. We're going to be encouraged by the word that these brothers shared with us. 1 John chapter 2 in verse 7. It says this, Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you've had since the beginning. The old command is the message that you have heard. Yet, I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. See, from the Apostle John, we learn that we have not been given new commands. Rather, what God has entrusted to us, especially here in this house, are old, ancient commands that have been there from the beginning. He's sharing these things with us, but the... Beautiful part of this is they're being made new. Say being made new. Being made new. As the sifting of our lives causes us to put into practice those commands that we have heard but are now just beginning to implement. It's all right. I'm with you. Run it back, fam. See, what's going on is God is using sifting in our lives to take these old commands and make them start to feel new in our lives. And that new feeling is coming from us actually implementing what the Lord has been speaking to us and what he's been speaking to us for a long time. Can somebody say amen? amen. Say, it's coming alive, Pastor. Coming alive. Say, I'm coming, alive, I'm coming alive, Pastor. The word is coming alive in me. It's true whether or not you repeat it or not. <laughs> We're going to stay in 1 John 2. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing to make him stumble. From the Apostle John Church, we learned what LCM is. We're learning a little more about who we are. LCM is filled with men and women who love the truth more than anything and love the light. And because of that, you love the brotherhood. There is no trap. There is no way that you will stumble. You will be scandalized into a scandal because there is nothing to make you stumble, church. That is what the word says about you. We want to take this opportunity as your family. Tonight to help you get a little bit more of the revelation of what the Lord has already been speaking to us and what we have already been experiencing. Namely, that you already have what you need. Say amen. Amen. You already have what you need. But the Lord is using the sifting that is going on inside of you and inside of me to cut away that which we do not need. The superfluous, the extra. It must be carved away so that our great and glorious Father can shape us and form us into the masterpiece of being his inheritance on the earth. Our brothers on Sunday showed us that this is so very clear in Hezekiah's life. It is so very clear in David's life, in Jesus' life. As, as a matter of fact, tonight's sermon, it's another gift God has given us. Tonight's sermon is entitled, The Gifting of Sifting. Come on, say that with us. Say the gifting, the gifting of, sifting. of sifting. Come on now. What a good time for us. See, sifting is a gift, church. Yeah. It identifies the areas that must be cut away, the very areas where you need supernatural transformation, and you need it right here, and you need it right now. Right Anybody now. need some transformation in this house tonight? 
You know how you know that? Because you've been going through sifting. Yeah. That actually shows a specific area, not just a generalized, of course we need the Lord, but he's showing us specific areas yeah. that he is working in us, and it's incredible. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8, we're going to begin in verse 2, and as you're turning there, say the gifting of sifting. Is that all right if we just have a good time here tonight? Yeah. I mean, we're just going to share from our hearts with you tonight. We're going to talk to you about the things that God is actually doing inside of us, and we're just going to share that with you. Is that all right with everybody? Yeah. Come on, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 2 says this. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way. Not part of the way, not a little bit of the way. He led you all the way in the desert. These 40 years. This is our fourth remember, by the way. The series that we did just this past year. Not even one year ago, we did a remember series. And this is coming back into play now. Why did God lead them all the way? Why are they supposed to remember in this place of sifting of 40 years in the desert? Why did God do what he did? I'm so glad that you asked that. It says, to humble you. And to test you. He led you all the way to be able to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart. Whether or not you would keep his commands. So right here at the beginning, we're understanding that the gifting of sifting is producing something. And we're looking at it and we're looking at how God led his people all the way. I love that phrase. I'm going to keep saying it because I like it. He leads us all the way. And why does he do that? Why is he leading you, Bonnie, all the way? Why is he leading you, Jaron, all the way? What is God doing? It's to humble you and to test you. By the way, do you think that God doesn't already know what's in your heart? Perhaps the sifting is to show you and me what is really in our heart. Oh, pastor, I got good intentions. Okay. That would actually be presuming you know what your heart really is. Here's a hint. You cannot know what your heart really is unless you're going through sifting. Anybody in this house want to be tested and approved? Praise God. Thank you for all raising your hands on the necessity of sifting in your life. You don't know if you're doing it right unless you go through a humbling, unless you're going through a testing. See, God already knows what's going on on the inside of us. He is showing us what's really there, what's actually on the inside, not what you think, but what's really there. And he's doing this for the ultimate goal of helping you to be able to keep his commands. Come on now. This is the Lord God of all the earth, the high and the exalted one, and he's helping us. And this is why he leads us all the way, is to cause us to have the gifting of sifting. Pastor, that is amazing. There's something that he said in there that, that, that struck me in my heart. Are you telling me that God can bring something to completion in you, completion in me, that we can have confidence that we will reach our intended goal, and at the very same time, he's going to show us exactly what is in our heart? He's going to reveal the wickedness and the faithlessness and continue to deliver you. That is a good God that I can have confidence in while I'm being sifted. See, in verse 3, he said, just in case you thought that you got here because you were a marathon runner. He said that he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your father had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Humbling you, giving you the gifting of sifting. It does something in you. It causes you to hunger. It causes you to be in need. And if it's anything that we need to learn more, and when I say me, I'm talking about myself first, is to learn to love to be needy. Learn to love to be in need of what the Father has. Not pretending I already have it, Not pretending I got it all figured out, but to learn to love to be in need because he is faithful and he will fill me yet again. This is not not about just attending church and we do it. It's about 
hungering for him. And that being the reason that we come to this place. It's about gathering because we are so in need of our God and we know that we will find him when we gather together. It's not just about opening up our homes. And I'm happy that we're doing it. It is amazing. Ministry is flowing out of our homes like never before. But it's not just about the task of opening our homes or setting tables. No, it's about thirsting for him, hungering for him to move in your home the same way that he moves here, the same way that he moves on a Tuesday or on a Friday, hungering to have that take place at my home. That is what this is about. That is why we are being shifted. God wants ministry to flow out of our homes, and there's only one way to do it right, and he's not going to let us be a counterfeit. It's not just getting a word for a team unity meeting, and I'm happy that it's happening. It's right. It's righteous. But it's from a place of desperation of what God is doing in you, of the hunger and thirst that he is creating in you from the sifting, that out of that you give to those that are in need. You give to your brothers and you give to your sisters. That is what God is doing in this place. It is already happening. I'm going to jump in here for just a second and make sure that you're connecting with us. Has anybody ever been like me and been guilty of doing something just because it was the next thing for you to do? I said it because I do it. Isn't that very, very different than being hungry to do something that the Lord has instructed you to do? I won't ask you the question. Please don't raise your hand. If you've come, how many times that you've come to this church and not actually been hungry, you've just, it's just the next thing on your to-do list. See, there's a reason that there's sifting going on inside of us. It's to create a hunger, to create a thirst, to create something on the inside of us that only he can supernaturally fill. That's what he's doing in our midst so that you and I are no longer guilty, that we won't be guilty, rather, of going through the motions and just showing up somewhere, expecting someone else to do something for us that we can be blessed by but that we become hungry to gather together with brothers and to actually encounter the God of all creation. That's what he's doing in our midst. Pastor, thank you for gifting me with that sifting. (laughs) See, we are not sustained by the food that we eat. And the food we eat is great, but it's not what actually sustains us. You are sustained by him making you hungry and then feeding you. Church, he gives food to, to all the earth. Are you, are you catching this? He makes you, he sifts you to make you hungry because he's got something supernatural that he wants to feed you. Look at verse four. Your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't swell during those 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. See, God's provisions are there throughout any amount of testing, any amount of sifting that is going on. The sifting is so that you can see the supernatural even while you're getting sifted, even while you're going through the process. If you're like me, you can look back and realize how many times you could have ended, that there could have been, you didn't have enough money, you didn't have enough resources, and yet God met your need again and again and again and again. Your shoes didn't wear out, your feet didn't swell, Come on, pregnant mamas. Your feet didn't swell. For 40 years, through the entire time of sifting, there was supernatural provision that was going on. You got to know in your heart, church, that just as a father disciplines his son, so the Lord, your God, will sift you, will discipline you. But even in that process, he's wanting you to become hungry for him, for, to be thirsty for him, to get away from sinful self-reliance and move towards what he's got that will be the only thing that can satisfy you not the bread from a table but the bread from heaven to feed us and sustain us all the while come on come on let's turn together to first kings chapter 19 to see how this is explained in the prophets as we get in there church who did he sift first israel right he sifted israel first and we learn from our our spiritual big brother our bloodline big brother how that sifting works and what it produces. Church, the truth is, he's sifting the whole world. And he will continue. He's going to turn this entire thing on its head. But you know what? You're getting a head start. You're getting a head start to learn what it means to go through the sifting, testify that God is faithful, and still trust him, and continue to walk and watch him sustain you supernaturally. 
Church, the, the world needs to watch us go through the sifting and come out stronger for it. The world, the world needs to watch us go through a given sifting in our lives. Moms, that's how you raise your children and are ridiculously responsible for it. The people around you are watching you being sifted and they're watching you go through this and they're, they're seeing how you know that your God is faithful. And people need to know that we have a faithful God. Church, the whole world is being sifted and they're going to see it in you. We are sons. We go through the sifting like a son is disciplined by his father. Not questioning our father's character, but loving what he is producing in us. Amen? First Kings 19, picking up in verse 1. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Whew. Then he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Dropped him off. After a supernatural encounter that Elijah had, a supernatural encounter that was marked by boldness and obedience and standing on the testament law that God had given. After that, he was being sifted. Now that sifting came in the form of Jezebel's murderous threats. We see a lesson in this. In mortal danger, that can be a form of sifting. Engage with it. When you are in mortal danger, that can be a form of sifting. What will you do? What do you do? What do you do when your flesh is burning? We're going to see how to deal with this out of Elijah's life. Verse 4 goes on to say this, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. He asked that he might die. <laughs> Saying, it is enough now, O oh Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. You do know that in the last chapter, he was calling down fire from heaven and eliminating 850 foreign prophets that needed to be dealt with. It's not that he didn't understand what could happen. It was that in this moment, even after great exploits, there was a season here that he is sitting in. One woman's murderous threats to him are causing him to be overwhelmed with fear, to be overwhelmed in despair. See, the sifting that is going on right now is showing something that's in Elijah's heart. It's, it's sifting him to bring him to a point of great hunger, of great thirst. Because in just a few minutes, in just a few verses, you're going to see that the Lord wants to feed him with supernatural provision. See, Elijah isn't just thinking about this death because he is actually getting, there's a, there's a, I, I, I'm so hungry I could die. Has anybody ever said that before? There's this feeling like, I, I, I really, man, I'm getting really hungry. You don't actually mean that. That's not actually what's really going on, but there's something that's stirring inside of you. By the way, I figured this out. The reason that, I'm not, that I don't like to lose weight and that I'm not good at it is because I never like to feel hungry. Oh, man. I don't like the feeling of being hungry, so when I feel it, I immediately go fill it on my own. I immediately run to something stupid and try to feel, fill and take care of that own hunger. Huh. At least I'm the only one that does that. Oh. See, the Lord is trying to do something in Elijah and he's causing him to hunger because he's going to feed him with something that he obviously cannot get on his own. Church, this is the gifting that comes through the sifting. If you could do it for yourself, you would have already done it, but you can't. Mm -hmm. Praise God that he causes the sifting to draw us to hunger and thirst that he might fill us. Let's take a look at verse 5. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food. We're going to come back to that. That's important. Forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the Mount of God. 
See, the sifting in Elijah's life was God's gifting to him because it was leading him to the brink of the supernatural and creating a perpetual priesthood in what's going to follow. See, if you were at Talmudim last week, you know what happened from this point. He goes on to anoint Elisha as his successor. What we want to say here is that the gifting of sifting, it causes you to rise up and eat the supernatural food that God provides. And the funny part, the part about that is, is that you don't see Elijah ask for it. Elijah asks for something else, but the Lord gives him what he needs. Amen. See, <laughs> this is like our pastor. Pastor, I'm, I'm wrestling with this. I'm struggling with this. And they're looking at me saying, no, that's good. Excuse me? No, God is causing deep convictions to grow in you. He's causing you to wrestle, and he's causing you to overcome. And I wouldn't rob that from you. Say thank you, pastors. <laughs> thank you for not robbing me of the supernatural food that God has given me. See, God is so good that without you even asking for it, he's putting you in situations that will cause you to hunger, that will cause you to be thirsty so that he can give you something supernatural, something you didn't expect, something you didn't even ask for. But he is a good father and he longs to give his children good things. But how does Elijah have to go about eating this food? He has to arise. Yeah. He has to rise up. He can't stay there wallowing where he was. He had to get up and eat. And then like a tremendous man of God, you know what he did right after that? He went right back to sleep. <laughs> and the angel did it again. But why was God feeding him? Because there was a journey that was coming. And the journey was going to be too great for him unless he had supernatural food feeding him. LCM, there is a journey that is coming that is too great for us unless we learn through this sifting process to be hungry so that he will feed us from heaven. Come on. This is why he is doing what he's doing. Do you realize that in the entire month of December, the Lord was speaking to us as a church and encouraging us and encouraging us and encouraging us. And, and encouraging us. and More and more and more encouragement. Do you know why? Because he knew that sifting was coming. So he already gave you what you needed. Mm. And then now we're in a time of sifting. And it's good. And it's not going to end today. And it won't end tomorrow. Because he's trying to get us to become hungry and thirsty for him. Because he's going to fill us with something supernatural. Otherwise, you and I won't make it on the journey that he has laid out for Come him. On. For us. That's what happens in Elijah. He's saying the journey is too great. And by the way, it was on that food. And went in the strength of that food. For 40 days and 40 nights. Catch it. This is a supernatural miracle that's taking place. He went in the strength of that food. And it carried him to his next destination where he met with a powerful God in that moment. Amen. See, God is doing something in our midst. And that's what should give us joy and going, man, I'm getting sifted at every turn. This is awesome because I'm starting to get hungry. Come on. I got to be honest. I'm starting to like this feeling inside of my life. Yeah. I'm liking this feeling of getting more and more hungry for the Lord. Lord, only you can fill this. Take a look at Psalm 107 together. Psalm 107, we're going to start in verse 33. Psalm 107 and verse 33. He turned the rivers into a desert, flowing springs into thirsty ground, and fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who live there. Man, it sounds like Justin's misreading this, doesn't it? He turned the rivers not my God. into a desert. The flowing springs... Into thirsty ground. Fruitful land into a salt waste. Then it sounds like we're going in the wrong direction here. Has anybody had a season at your work that felt like you were just flowing in the river of God's presence? You got favor at work. And then it feels like it turns into a desert. <laughs> Elder, Elder John, I even got an amen from Elder John on that one. The influence that you had. You can make a suggestion and everything turns on that dime. And then all of a sudden it feels like you're, you're on mute. Someone has muted you and no sound is coming out from your mouth at work. How about 
at home. It's like the flowing springs of God's shalom is there. And then all of a sudden, it feels like it turns into thirsty ground. I've had that one, <laughs> I've had that one too. What how about the fruitful land that has become a salt waste? What is the function of salt here except to make you thirsty, except to make you hungry in this time of sifting? See, it turns fruitfulness into a salt waste. Hey, by the way, church, this is part of the gifting of sifting, in case you missed it. It's why we're reading it for you. It's why we're reading it with you. I got to tell you something that as I was reading this of things turning from something good and going through a sifting process and it becoming difficult in your life, it made me think of many years ago while I was in school. I had an actual, my fear of failure was so great that I wasn't really particularly interested in learning. I just didn't want to look dumb. I hated the feeling of feeling like I couldn't understand something, so I would do anything as quickly as I could to go ahead and overcome that feeling. But see, I wasn't hungry and thirsty for the right things. That was a long time ago. That was like decades ago. How about I give you an example from like right now? An example in my life where God has caused difficulties to come about when my brothers, godly men, will come and bring correction into my life. There have been seasons that I'm like, I hate this feeling. I'll say anything. I'll do anything to get away from this feeling of correction. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Oh, I'll fix it. it. Okay. I, okay. Absolutely. No. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for bringing that to my attention, Elder Charlie. Thank you, Pastor Eric. I thank you so much. I, it is an oil upon my head, and I will not refuse it, except that I wasn't actually hungering and thirsting for the Lord, for righteousness. I just wanted to run away from that feeling. Can anybody understand what I'm saying here? But it was God, through the sifting process, that was putting me from a river into a desert that was putting me from flowing springs into a thirsty ground, and it was for my good. He wanted to work something out in me. He wanted to make me hungry so he could feed me, and I was running around trying to get away from it as quickly as possible. Do you know that literally my brothers have said, like I would say so quick on a response, they're like, you don't even understand what we're saying yet. Just no, I, 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 got, I got the correction. I, I got it. I got it. I got it. And really what I was saying is, you guys can shut up now because I don't even want to think about this. Praise God for sifting. What a gift in our lives to cause us to know something that was in our hearts the whole time and we couldn't see it. Let's take a look at the... As the verse goes on there, let's finish this verse. Because of the wickedness of those who live there. Sometimes it's because of the wickedness of the people around you. Sometimes it's because of your own lack of obedience, but whatever it is, it is a good father. Somebody say good father. Good father. Who's humbling you, who's testing you, making you hungry, making you thirsty, getting you to rise up and eat because of the journey that's about to come so he can feed you and supernaturally provide for you. Let's take a look at verse 35 together. It says he turned the desert into pools of water. And the parched ground into flowing springs. There, LCM, there he brought the hungry to live. And they founded a city where they could settle. It is no problem for our Father and our God to go in either direction. Whether he needs to turn your, your flowing river into parched ground or whether he wants to bring life out of them. It's no problem for him to do either. He's a good father, and he knows exactly what we need when we need it. This is what it looks like to actually live in the presence of God. This is what it looks like. It's not all sunshine and rainbows, and we love that. Being in his, in his presence is when you are being sifted. I, I was in his presence in worship. Were you in his presence? I felt God's presence in a special way. And I know, some, I know you did also. But think about it. Why do you feel God's presence in a special way when you come to the altar? Is it because, think, I mean, think about it. Run the numbers. Is it because everything in your life is going, right, right, going great, you've got everything right, and everything's hunky-dory? No. no. His presence is sweet to you as you are being sifted. You learn that, Lord, you are being good to me. You are showing me things that I could not see. 
This is what it's like to live in his presence. It's no problem for him to go both ways. And we need both. We are to live there, LCM. Where is there? In his presence, in the midst of the sifting. Whether the the ground is parched or whether it is flowing with life, we are to live there because that is where our father has settled us and that is where where he has settled you. That is what he has done in this church. There is LCM. There is where he has brought the hungry to live. Church, you are the hungriest people I know. And you know what? We got, we got more hunger to stir up in this place. We got more hunger to stir up in our homes. You people love Jesus more than any people I know. You people. You people. Yeah. How about that, How about that switch? And... And it's funny, but church, look at this. Being hungry, like Elijah was hungry, causes something supernatural to take place. So what happens in our lives when we get sifted, but we stop before we've actually reached hunger. There's a difference in between feeling bad, uh, being mopey, and actually being hungry to the point that he begins to turn the parched ground into a flowing spring. Do you want that LCM? You can have that. You are a son. He is disciplining you and he is causing life to come from the shifting. It's a gift. Tell him thank you. (laughs) And pick up in verse 37. Verse 37 says this. They sowed fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them and their numbers greatly increased. And he did not let their herds diminish. Somebody say praise God. Look at verse 39. Here comes the sifting. Then their numbers decreased, and they were humbled by oppression, calamity, and sorrow. He who pours contempt on nobles made them wander in a trackless waste. Do you hear the times that God is sifting, that God is correcting, so that they might be hungry? And then they feed, they're fed, then they're blessed, then it goes back into a time of sifting. A cycle of hunger and thirst because of the sifting. A time of flourishing, and then a time of flopping. A time of fruitfulness, and then a time of fickleness. A time of confidence, and then a time of contemptible cowardice. I was just telling you cycles in my own life. I hope that also applies to others. That was you, I thought that was me. It was both, it's all right. See, here's the secret. You always had what you need the entire time. His divine provision is there with you. You just had a bunch of other things that you also didn't need. The flopping. The fickleness, the contemptible coward, the facelessness has been there the whole time. You got to think about them like giants that have been in your land and moreover what he's going to do to them. See, I just can't see these things until the sifting comes. I, I need to get hungry and thirsty enough to cry out to him for him to feed me with something supernatural. Now we're going to pick up the pace and we're going we're gonna to move through this quickly. But I want you to hear the next few things that I have to say to you. This process of sifting becomes a gift to you as the teaching that you receive actually becomes personal revelation. I'm going to say it again because I want you to understand this. There's a difference between you receiving teaching and something being made into revelation in your life. This is where the lessons that you learn become the daily practice of your character. It is through the gifting of sifting. This is where, this in the sifting cycle that's going on, where your failures become the actual grounds for deep convictions. Yeah. It's because you haven't gone all the way through this cycle of sifting yet. You're going to get it. I want you to hear this last. I'm going to say it again for you. This is where your failures, somebody say my failures become the grounds for your deep convictions. Do you want to know why that we need to develop in our deep convictions? It's because we need to develop in the sifting of our own failures. We're missing it there. We talk about deep convictions, but it's not until you've gone through the sifting process and be like, the Lord made me so hungry for something. I will never fill my life with something like that again. I won't lessen myself and do that ever again because I know it cost me. I was hungry and I was thirsty and it was only the supernatural bread that could change me in this. Look at verse 41. 
but he lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. The upright can see this pattern. They can see this cycle and they rejoice. But all the wicked, they're going to shut their mouths. Shut the flesh up. Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder, consider, meditate upon the loving deeds of the Lord. Whether he's going from parched ground to pools or from pools to parched ground, these are the loving deeds of the Lord because of what it does inside of us. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Exodus 4 and verse 1. Then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. Church, we, Brother Marlon closed us with this on Sunday, and we want to revisit it because it is the gospel truth, and it is what the Lord is trying to show us. The Lord said to him, what is in your hand? A staff, he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. Church, the question is, what is in your hand? What has God already given you? The thing that you're most familiar with, at least you should be. The thing that does not look supernatural in your hands. But when God breathes into it and when he calls it to come to life, it actually becomes a supernatural tool of deliverance. What is in your hand? How familiar was Moses with that staff? He walked with it every day. How many years was that staff in his hand? You already have what you need. How many years have you been at this church? How many times have you seen God come through in miraculous ways? Have you seen him change your heart? Have you seen him come through with provision, come through with whatever you needed to cause you to still be here? You hold testimony in your hand. You hold the word of God in your hand. And if you just use it for your own purposes, yeah, it's not going to work out. But when God breathes into it, when he sends you on a mission, and we have been sent on a mission, it will be exactly what you need. Amen. That is a promise. Come on now. Look at verse 4. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. See, using something that was incredibly familiar to Moses. Something that he had spent at least the previous 40 years with and really knew he was using it because he was a shepherd. It was a shepherd's staff. He didn't go down to the snake to staff store and pick one up right there in that moment. He had the exact same staff that he had always had with him. Are you telling me that God has already given us everything that we need? He's already put it in your hand. You're probably already familiar with it. But what the gifting of sifting does, not only does it make you hungry and thirsty, but it causes you to realize that you have what you need in your own hand already. What you need is the supernatural empowerment and supernatural obedience so that you can take what you have and do and perform the supernatural tasks that God has put there. That is exactly what's going on in here. Let me say this a different way. You don't need another staff. Come on. If only. If only I were as brilliant as Pastor Nick. If only I could do something like That is so ridiculous. That's looking at what God has put in someone else's hand and wishing that it was in your hand. What is in your hand? What is your staff? What is God doing in you? What has he put within you that he's developed over the course of time that you just need to have his supernatural empowerment come in and do something special? You don't need a new staff. You need to have enough faith that he's already put it in your hand and he can make it something miraculous. Get your hands on the supernatural things that God is doing. God is going to use your hands to heal the sick. God is going to use your hands to cause people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But look what's already in your hand. That's what he's going to use to do it. 
That's what you need to have an understanding of. And that's what the sifting is designed to do. Man, I don't need anything else. I don't need a new set of skills. I don't need a new, I need what God has already given me. I just want to walk in it with supernatural fervor. Come on. Come on now. And this idea of this, let's turn to Judges 3, 31. That's the gifting of sifting. That's the gifting of sifting. If only we knew. And we are learning. That we have what we need. You have exactly what you need. Judges 3.31 says, After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 Philistines. This is not a movie. We, we live in a, in a John Wick generation where we see people blow up and it's just like the coolest thing. This is not a movie. 600 men with an ox goat. That's a long stick with a pointy thing at the end of it. And, and he killed 600 men. Listen. <laughs> because the enemy's coming in your door. <laughs> what, what happens when your family is in need? I'm not talking about people calling you because they couldn't pay the bills. What's all, what happens when the enemy is coming after your wife? It's coming after your children. It's coming after your fixed value. See, Israel was in need. They were, they were hungering and they were thirsting. And in order to actually experience the supernatural, we're going to have to hunger for it and thirst for it. Because our regular stuff is not going to get it. And we have to grow in our hunger. I have to grow in my hunger if I actually want to see this. Otherwise, we'll just talk about it all day. But what happens? Israel is in need. So what does God do? He sends an army. He sends some foreign army. He sends some commando. No. Arose a man with an ox goat. A farmer. And he struck down 600 men. The point, is this, the point of this is that being in the sifting is actually what causes you to realize that what you have is enough. See, we want to realize we have what is enough before we actually go through the sifting. We were talking in the back. We was like, you know, if I never got corrected, corrected I would suck. And it, that's just true. And knowing that, knowing that truth, we still avoid the sifting. I'm not avoiding the sifting. I'm just not being transparent with my brothers. I'm not avoiding the sifting. I'm just not stepping out there in faith with what I already have and allowing it to be trained and allowing it to be sharpened. Tell me we're not avoiding the sifting. But God has put an ox gold in our hands and he's going to put us in, in situations where we're going to have to be thirsty and hungry, not mopey and not faithless, but thirsty and hungry. And we're going to have to cry out for him to fill us. And we're going to find out that we already have it in our hands. But it's not going to be our strength. It's going to be his supernatural strength. I don't care about the phones. You got an ox gold in your hands. And we need to learn how to use that. Let's turn together to Ezra chapter 10. Amen. Ezra chapter 10. Verse 1. While Ezra was praying and confessing, weeping and throwing himself down before the house of God, a large crowd of Israelites, men and women and children, gathered around him, and they too wept bitterly. Then Shechaniah, son of Jehiel, one of the descendants of Elam said to Ezra, we have been unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women from the peoples around us. But in spite of this, there is still hope for Israel. Now let us make a covenant before our God to send away all these women and their children in accordance with the counsel of my Lord and those who fear the commands of our God. Let it be done according to the law. Here it is from Ezra's day as well. Rise up. Somebody say, rise up. Rise up. Come on, that's exactly what the word of the Lord was to Elijah. It's the same word that is to Ezra. This is from a brother. He says, rise up. You know why? Because the matter is already in your hands. You got to look at what's already been given you. We're going to support you. So take courage and do it. Church, God is causing us through the sifting and he's saying, rise up. There's a matter that's already in your hand. Take courage and get after it. 
Come on, LCM, it's time to rise up. Take courage and get after what God has given us. That's why the sifting is there. For us to realize what he's already put in our hands. What has he put in the hands of this church? Man, how many times can we talk about Abigail and Nabal until you actually rise up, put it in your hands, and go, get, go after it? Well, it, we really... It, <laughs> what's, what's wrong with, with us? Oh, you're not allowing the sifting to realize that what you already have in your hand is of supernatural origin. It's supernatural. Without fail, the families in this room that are faithfully using and rightly using the revelation of Abigail and Nabal, these are the families that are doing the best in this room. Period. It's no secret. They're actually using what was put in their hands. They took courage and they did it. And through that sifting process of doing it, it's becoming more and more and more supernatural. What about our marriage teaching? What about our Talmudim teaching? What about family banner? We did family banner like two and a half years ago. You know what I love about this church? Through the sifting, some of you are going, yeah, we didn't do that. We never made our family banner. We checked the box. We checked the box that we were here, but we didn't do it. But we're going back because we realized that God already gave us what we needed and he put it in our hands. Isn't that right, Ruedas? Isn't that right, Law Hunts? And that there are people that are working and finalizing their family banner now. Amen. Praise God. Progressive. It was revelation. already in their hand. And God is doing supernatural things as a result. What do you have in your hand, church? What do you need to rise up? Because it's already there. You just got to take courage and you got to do it. That is what God is calling us to. That is what the sifting does. We're going to move on really quickly here as we get ready to close. The sifting is supposed to cause you to hunger and thirst. The sifting is supposed to cause you to realize what's already in your hand. And this is not too complicated. This is not a, this is a simple word from us because it's a simple concept, but it's supernatural when we implement it. Turn with us quickly to Ecclesiastes 12. Ecclesiastes 12. Say amen, Peyton. This is the story of Solomon sifting. I love the book of Ecclesiastes. Shows us how worthless, meaningless pursuits are. This is the story of a man sifting. And you know what he comes to at the end of his life? You know what I fear? One of the things I fear more than anything, if fear is a good thing, wasting time. Wasting time. On what I want, what I need, my fears, my insecurities, blah, blah, blah. Lord, sift that away from me. Because Solomon got to the end of his life, and you know what the conclusion that he came to that was supernatural? The only thing that matters is to fear the Lord and keep his commands. That is the whole duty of man. The only thing that matters. And you say, man, that was supernatural what, what Shamgar did, striking down 600 men. Is this not supernatural? That he can transform a wicked heart like mine, like yours? To want what he wants and to hate what he hates and to get about his business so we don't waste time. That is supernatural and that is in your hand. How many times has he changed you? How many times has he transformed you? How many times will he do it? As much as it takes. We're going to get going. We short on time, I know. But pastor, we got something else that God has put in our hand. I don't want to skip over. Look at that yellow part of that map. Anybody ever struggle with purposelessness? Just feeling blah? Lackadaisical? It's not because you don't have purpose. He's given us supreme purpose to storm those nations. How many people live there? Millions. We barely got 200 here. And he's saying, hey, I'm sending you, so get ready. You need the supernatural food that God has given you because they're going to need it. They're being sifted. 
and he's sending you to them to represent sons of God because they don't know what it looks like to be a son of God. You have purpose. You have a calling and you have exactly what you need to fulfill it. But he's not in a rush. He's going to sift us and he's going to lift us, Spence. Because when, when it happens, it's going to happen right. And that is a blessing. Isaiah 57, 14 says, And it shall be said, build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. God is removing the, the obstructions. We have to love the sifting. He is, he is setting up a highway for his will to be done on. And we cannot, we cannot abhor that. God is doing something special in this church. He's doing something special in his church. He's doing something special in our lives. And it is through the gift of sifting that he's doing it. What a good father that we have. Yeah. Look, I want you to turn with us to Revelation chapter 2. As we get ready to close. Revelation 2. See, the gifting of sifting causes you to become hungry. And only a supernatural bread can fill that. Only you start, you stop filling yourself with a bunch of things that don't matter and you go for something that is supernatural. It's the only thing that really sustains you anyway. It could sustain you for the great journey that is ahead. See, the gifting of sifting causes you to realize that what you have in your hand, that the way that he's formed you, that the way that he's gifted you, he was right when he did it. He didn't make a mistake to form you the way that he did. He put something in your hand and it is through supernatural means that you're going to be able to see that. It is through the gifting of sifting that that takes place. It is through the gifting of sifting that those things that become, that feel complicated become real simple. Yep. Anybody ever been in here and you talk to an elder, you had, you were confused, you were going through difficulty I ain't and wait you talk to minutes. them and it's like, how, how did you make that that simple? I have. Anybody talk to a pastor and they gave you just the right verse that seemed to answer everything that you needed? See, do you know why that these men are able to do that? It's because they've been sifted. And so from their own weaknesses, the Lord has shared with them, has fed them, has put something in their hand and they turn and they make it simple for you. But it's because these men don't run from the sifting. They thrive. They view it as a gift from the Lord. Look at what Revelation 2 says. I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people. That you've tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You've persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. And what an incredible testimony. What an incredible testimony for these people. Yet I hold this against you. You've forsaken the love that you had at first. You've forsaken the simplicity of what I called you to, of what I've already given you, of what I've already empowered you, of this cycle. If you've, you've forsaken the very thing that I'm using to cause to build you up. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Repent. Remember what it's like to be so hungry for the Lord that you keep yourself up at night reading the scriptures because you just don't want to put it down. How long has it been since you just got in your room and you just put on worship music just to feel his presence? Just to be with him. I've got to get a word. No, you need to go spend time with him and he'll give you all the words that you could possibly need. Come on. Man, I got to go to church. Man, I, you don't have, you need to come here so that his presence in the unity of the brotherhood can cause you to fall in love just like you did at first. Except it's even better. Now you're maturing. Now you understand more. He's revealed more. You've had supernatural experiences. The answer revealed through the sifting is not for us to ignore the sifting. It's for us to repent of the things that he's showing us. So that his mighty power can be seen. Man, I want to be hungry. I want to be more and more hungry and thirsty for the Lord. 
calling out for him. I'm asking him to help me. Lord, I'm doing what I know, but I, wanna, I want to want you more. I want to be so hungry and so thirsty for you that literally nothing else can fill that. This is a personal prayer. This is a, I'm sharing with you my own goals right now. Lord, I want to be able to see the things that are in my hand that you've already given me. God, I want to do something supernatural with how you've made me. I want to do something supernatural with what you've called me to. Lord, I'm surrounded by mighty men of God. But Lord, I love you and I know that you'll take what I have in my hand and you'll cause something supernatural to come. It doesn't have to be complicated, folks. It's us actually enacting the supernatural that he's already given to us. <laughs> There's not one man or one woman in this room that lacks anything. If you lack, then you're making God. If that's true, then God is a liar. If that's true, then he is not who he says he is and who we know him to be. It's not true. It's not true. First John chapter 5 and verse 3 says, this is love for God, to obey his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. Did you guys hear that? Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory. You want to know victory that overcomes the world? It's even our faith and the cycle of the sifting that he's put us in. It's a gift. Who is that that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I'm going to let Justin close this now. Church, this is not a difficult word that we've brought to you. The complexity of this word is very, very simple. You have to look at sifting as a gift. You have to actually develop some faith and let the Lord show you that in this moment, he is making you hungry for a reason. He's got supernatural bread on the other side of it. He's already put something divine in your hand. He's going to take away the thought that this is complicated. It's not. You have been born of the heavens and the victory that overcomes the world is in you. Stand up with us, church. In the sifting, in the hungering, and thirsting, let your hope rise. That's where faith rises. Amen. In John 11, Lazarus died. And Jesus waited purposely before he went to him. He waited. And when he got there, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would still be alive. Martha says, I believe that you're the resurrection. I believe we'll see him again. you He'll be with you again. Jesus says, no, I am the resurrection. The things that seem un insurmountable in our lives, the things that we cannot overcome, that we don't see our way through. He is the answer. The supernatural that he has is the answer. Jesus used that sifting right there with Lazarus to teach them a lesson and to give them supernatural bread. Church, he is your savior. Has Jesus changed you? Yes. Has he saved you? Yes. He is still the resurrection. So what do you need resurrected? What do you need from him? We're going to call you to the altar. To be hungry, not somber, but hungry. Hopeful because you know that he will fill you with exactly what you need. As we pray and get out of the way, let nothing stop you from hungering and thirsting for him. The sifting is a gifting. Press into it. Do not run away from the tension. As you do, you're going to find out that you have exactly what you need. And you're going to watch him do supernatural things.
Is that what you want? I know it is. And he loves you and he longs to give it to you. So we're going to worship. We're going to praise our Father. Cry out with hunger. Cry out with desperation because you know that he is a faithful Father that gives good gifts. Father, we praise you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Lord, we praise you, Lord, because you are a God that gives us with sifting. Lord, let our hunger rise and our faith rise right along with it. Lord God, that as we cry out for you to fill us, Lord God, that we stand up sifted and lifted, Father, that we stand up in your resurrection power in the name of Jesus.